Ladies and gentlemen, the questions you've all been asking are now being answered. Welcome to another edition of It's All About Who You Know, the podcast where influential people talk big topics in sports, faith, and more. Your host is a former Oregon State wrestler. He has a 4.9 star Uber rating and is currently undefeated in his MMA career. Here is Christian Robertson. I don't know, you're using... Okay, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. I can hear you. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. What's up, buddy? My good Lord. Jeez. Uh, Not a whole lot. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm, uh, it's been a weird day. I think uh, it, okay. I, I, you know, I'm a man and I want to take responsibility, but I think it was your fault. Cause I saw a little thing that said Cordell is connecting to the audio. And the next thing I knew we could both hear each other. So I think so. I think it was my fault. I, uh, it, well, it said that I already was connected to the audio and I looked down there and then it had a little cross on it. So yeah, yeah, uh, that was definitely on me. And I'll admit that. I'll admit that. I thought it was your fault. I was sitting here blaming you. I was like, ah, oh, Christian, damn it. I know. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> DMs from you. You're like, bro, I, I'm sure you know this because you're. I was like, yeah. more, but hey, I'll, I'll be honest. I got to admit. Well, I got to admit to you, this is actually the first time I've had to use Zoom. So uh, okay. I knew I was going to mess it up, but I wanted you to be a scapegoat. Yeah. It didn't yeah. work. Well, you know, we've got uh, like 10 minutes of footage of uh, uh, this not working out that we could always put in the, the extra clips. So. Oh, that's great. Got to love that. All right. So I got to ask you, what right. were your thoughts on the fights? Oh, my gosh, man. I, I'm a big Chandler guy, and I love Chandler. So Chandler actually beat my teammate, Brent Primus, and I actually had Brent on the show. And on the mm-hmm. show, Brent was like, yeah, F Michael Chandler, you know, and I was, and I didn't want to tell him, and I, so I didn't, but, uh, I'm, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big MC fan, you know, both Missouri boys, both, uh, wrestled similar stories growing up. He had a little bit more successful college career, but I've followed Michael for shoot, probably five years. I think two or three years ago, he pulled me on his Instagram live. And cause I like commented when he was doing like a, a couple hour Instagram live and I was like, hey, this is, you know, my story or whatever. I'd love to talk to you. And he gave me like, for like 20 minutes, we talked on his IG. And like, he gave me like a, a list of things to do and like just some encouragement and, and all this stuff and really helped me out. So, um, so I was really excited about that. Um, like I said, I really like Michael Chandler. I'm, I was excited that he got in the UFC. And, and I was pretty positive that he was going to beat Dan Hooker. I, I knew he threw with, I mean, everything was bad intentions even when he was in Bellator, um, he trains harder than anybody else. He's the strongest guy probably in that whole division. So it really didn't surprise me. And I think he went out to Florida for, uh, to train with some of those guys. Um, so my buddy Austin's been out there. So, you know, you get the little inside scoop. So it wasn't surprising. And then I was very surprised with the main event. I, I thought it was, it was impressive on Poirier's part. What about you? What'd you think? Um, well, first off, you know, I have not really watched, uh, Michael Chandler too much. Uh, and I I was incredibly impressed with him as soon as he came into the ring. I mean, you could see the optimism, the confidence in that man's face just said it all. And I think, uh, men, you know, your mental state is really half the battle. And I, I feel like I could look at, uh, Dan Hooker and, and tell that he was, not feeling very confident up against him. And uh, Michael Chandler, man, that guy looks like a powerhouse. Absolutely. So as soon as he stepped into the ring, I 
I was pretty confident he was going to win also, and he did. I mean, fairly quickly. What was that, the first round? Yeah, it was two minutes and 30 seconds in the first round. So, half, like, wow. literally the halfway mark. It was funny because, you know, Dan Hooker's a stud. And, and nothing to take guy. away from the guy. He's, he's number six in the world for a reason. But, yeah. man, he had the world's toughest job because nobody wants to – I mean, I commend that guy tremendously because nobody wants to go out on a limb and say, you know what, I'll fight the new guy. Like, yep. you know, Michael – You never know. Done, well, he's done so many good things in Bellator, and, you know, he beat Eddie Alvarez. He beat uh, Benson Henderson twice. So it's like, okay, well, you know, what – but nobody knows who he is. It's like getting beat up by the nerdy kid or like the, the, the new kid, you know, it's like nobody knows who he is, Yeah. but it doesn't take away from his, his skills. It's just perception is reality. And so Dan Hooker stepping up when nobody else would is, uh, is huge on his part. And, you know, I think Dana is going to take care of him on that end, but, uh, he must have known enough. Cause he looked a little petrified. I'm gonna be honest. There was a look yeah. in his eye. It was funny. My girlfriend, uh, she doesn't really know anything about fighting. She's gone to a couple, uh, she's like sitting right over here, but she's gone to a couple, uh, practices of mine and she's watched me spar my little brother and stuff. So she likes it. She enjoys it, but she's like, this guy looks like a spaghetti. Like he looks like a string bean. (laughs) Yeah. I talk about Dan. That's Dan Hooker. Like, yeah, I uh, don't talk about people that way. (laughs) (laughs) He's a lengthy guy, you know, I I get what you're saying. (laughs) But he's, I mean, he's pretty, I mean, he's not like super lanky. I mean, he's, he's got muscle. It's not like he's like, sure. He'd work me over. So yeah, he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. It was, it was fun to watch Michael Chandler. Um, The guy's got some confidence. I'm really excited to see what he does in the UFC. I really am. I, I do. There's not a single person that's not. I mean, that was the most impressive debut UFC debut ever because yeah. I mean obviously there's been some quick knockouts and stuff for UFC debuts but on that stage I mean a co-main event to a Conor McGregor card and you're the co and or you know you're the co-main event and your debut I mean that's unheard of that's unbelievable right yeah they must have known that he was gonna he was gonna get in there and, and do what he does best so because that, that was pretty impressive but the uh McGregor fight that was a little shocking in my opinion, you know, yeah. I really didn't expect that. I think that, uh, in the, did you watch the whole fight? Right. Yeah. All two and a half. Well, cause, uh, yeah, well, um, cause you know, I don't know if you heard about all the problems that the UFC was having, uh, with ESPN and, and actually, so what happened is I saw your, I saw your TikTok uh, about yeah, that. So, um, Which, by basically the way, when get, you, before we get, before we get into that, I just want to say your TikToks are absolutely hilarious, my man. There's a reason oh. you have 121,000 followers on TikTok. It's cause you're funny as hell. Me and my girlfriend watch them. They're- oh man. Thanks. Yeah. I, I wish that you could see the ones that don't get taken down. Cause, uh, I think my, some of my best work, the ones that I really am like, okay, today I'm going to sit down for, you know, half an hour and actually write something out. They get removed before anyone sees them. Like TikTok just takes them down, which is really frustrating because I'm not uh, the worst, but that's just, you know, that's typical for their app. Yeah. Um, But I appreciate that very much. Um, So what was happening was it when you tried to sign into ESPN? So my buddy actually paid for it through ESPN and uh, I guess a lot of people uh, illegally stream it, um, which, you know, he's got money, so he's just going to pay for it. He don't care. He's going to mess with that. But when we tried to sign in, it said he never paid for it. Uh, but he clearly did, and we we just couldn't watch it at all. And then I think it was right when the uh, McGregor fight happened that it actually turned on. But it was it was skipping so much. So uh, so I found other ways to basically watch it. Um, yeah, ways you know. that will not be named. Exactly, and uh, 
You know, that I, I was pretty stoked for that fight. Uh, I think me and my buddy both were pretty confident that Conor McGregor was going to come out with a W. I thought he was going to get a knockout. I was actually pretty surprised uh, when Dustin, uh, you know, pretty quickly, I think he went for a takedown in that yeah, first round. Real quick. Like yeah, I don't think even McGregor seconds. was expecting it. He looked, he, he looked pretty puzzled, yeah, which was smart, though, because, I mean, you have to switch up your routine a little bit. You got to catch people off guard. Um, but, man, that... I'm not, no hate on Dustin. I, I really did not think he was going to pull that off because it looked like McGregor got him with the left hook quite a few times, and I thought, you know, was was almost it. Um, but but good on him, you know. Yeah, no, it it. I didn't expect that going into the second round. I was like, dude, McGregor's he's just like. I mean, Dustin was getting some good shots and stuff, but McGregor was just with that left hand. He was hitting them here and there. And you were like, man. And when Dustin would go like this, I was like, dude, he's going to go like this one of those times. And there's just going to be a freaking fistful of action. And he's going to oh, be yeah. on the ground. And, you know, I don't want to say luck, but that fight goes 50, 50. I mean, it, cause it was the other way, the other time, uh, this one was a little bit more competitive, but I mean, I, I could see it going either way. I mean, if they go again, I could see either one of those guys knocking at each other. I, I, don't know. I think a knockout is inevitable either way, however many times they fight. I, I think those guys are just such powerhouses. I mean, Dustin Poirier probably walks around at 200. I mean, he's yeah. a big dude. My buddy, uh, Austin, I've seen pictures with him together, and they're almost the same size. And Austin's a, a big 185 pounder. Um, so he's, I mean, he's got some, you know, he's just size and power and their strength coach. But with the wrestling, too, you know, he's at such a powerhouse gym uh, out in Coconut Creek, the American top team out there. It's hard not to pick up wrestling when you're there. I mean, they're, all their guys are wrestlers. I mean, you, you, you had Tyron Woodley, Robbie Lawler. Uh, I mean, the whole 170, Kamaru Usman, Gilbert Burns, uh, Colby Covington at one point. You know, all these guys around his weight. And I think even Michael Chandler went out there. My buddy Austin just went out there. Um, their wrestling coach was a two-time national champion and a world team member, Olympian. So it's, it's hard not to get good at wrestling when you're out there, you know? Yeah. So, so it didn't surprise well, me that he took him down. Yeah, that was, that was good on him, you know, and I'm, you made up a good, you made a good point about, um, you know, you don't, you don't want to say luck or lucky. Um, and I, I hate to say that in a fight because when you win a fight, it doesn't matter really, you know, you, you, you won, right. Um, but I, in a sense, you know, it was, it was pretty lucky, I think, because yeah. in my eyes, you know, Connor was getting the best of him, I yeah. think, uh, for the most of that. So it really threw me off guard. I'm glad I didn't bet money. So, yeah, no, I, I would, I would agree with that. I think, um, you know, I, I hate to use the word luck because anything can happen. I, I think there was a quote in our wrestling room that said, "Luck is the point in time where opportunity and preparation meet." And so, obviously, Dustin had the opportunity. He prepared he his ass off and, yep. and he saw an opening when he was losing, you know, he kept his composure. He kept focus and you know, you, you can call that lucky. You can say hey, he was just waiting for, or not waiting for his opportunity, but he found his opportunity and he capitalized on it. Cause a lot of guys, you know, with a different mindset, maybe see that and they get too tense. Cause they're like, Oh, that's Connor McGregor. I mean, I've been yeah. in that situation where I'm wrestling somebody and I'm afraid to shoot or I'm afraid to do something uh, because of who's standing in front of me or because of what hasn't worked in the past. And, you know, when you, when you kick that off, when you flip that switch and say, I don't, I don't care what's going on around me or what's happened in the past, like I'm going to do me and I'm going to continue to use my offense. 
And so that kind of takes like a champion mindset. And the fact that Dustin was able to do that, I mean, good on him, man. He, he had a great performance. Uh, that flurry yeah. he had, the second he hit Connor and he went back, I, I mean, you kind of knew like it's not looking – like there's not going to be any way for him to get out of this. Uh, I think uh, I think he even got him with his non-dominant hand. It looked like he just kind of bopped him right in the right in the face, and he went down. At least from what I recall, I was yeah. I, honestly I didn't even think he got knocked out. I, I just you know thought, oh maybe you tripped. That was I didn't even see it coming. Well, okay, so what happened? So I I think what contributed it to it so much was was Dustin was eating at that lead leg of Connor, and he was oh, yeah. that low calf kick that he was doing. And, and I think, you know, cause I mean, when you get hit on the chin, your legs start to get real weak. And if they're mm. weak to begin with, it's not a good recipe. You know, you're automatically, you're going on queer street real quick, you know, a lot quicker yeah. than normal. Uh, right. So, you know, you start wobbling and, and if your legs are already wobbling and Connor even said that he was like, man, my leg just hurts so bad. He's like, I, yeah. So if, if he didn't get the knockout, the legs were, were doing some damage and it would have really slowed the fight down. I would have loved to see it go a little bit longer to see what those leg kicks would have done in the long run, but maybe we'll get a third uh, part three or something. Yeah, I think uh, he even mentioned that after the fight that, you know, maybe they would do a rematch or something, which would be, which would be awesome. Um, I, I'm pretty excited to see if uh, Habib is going to, you know, come back. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I would love to see Habib and Chandler. I think that's the fight to make if Habib's in the, in the UFC. I don't know if he's going to come back, but he said, you know, if somebody impresses me that he would consider coming back. And I don't, know how, pretty can, impressive. I don't know how you can look at the, the new guy on the block who just knocked the crap out of Dan Hooker and say that's not impressive to me, especially when he's got such an extensive wrestling pedigree. Uh, I mean, Chandler, I think, is the fastest, most explosive guy in the entire 155-pound division. Now, yeah. whether he's the best fighter or not, you know, they got to figure that out. But, I mean, if you look at the way he – how quick he punches, if you look at how much power he puts into it, I mean, guys like – it looked fat, way faster than Dustin and Connor. And I think Dustin and Connor are the top two guys in that division besides, besides Chandler. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. He, like I said, he, he's fast. He looks like a powerhouse. Um, I would really – I'd love to see that fight. That would be incredible. But is he going to come out of retirement? Who knows? Uh, if he was smart, I hate to say this, but if he was smart, he wouldn't. Uh, just because, I mean, you know, you, what is he, 20 and 0? Um, yeah. You know, no, no, it's 29, 29 and 0. Oh, it's 29? Oh, yeah. my goodness. See, I've been out of the game a while. 29 yeah, right. and 0, that, that's an impressive record. And uh, usually you want to you wanna keep it that way. <laughs> Well, don't feel bad for yourself, Cordell. You can't get ESPN to work on your on your. TV, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. It was it was so stressful. Like we're just sitting there pacing back and forth, you know. But we made it work. So I'm kind of disappointed I didn't get to see you know every bit and piece. It was it was it was laggy, you know. Yeah. But it worked. Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you something, you know. So you've been boxing a quite second. a bit. Wait so a second. Is this what? your podcast or is this my podcast? Oh, I thought oh, I was yeah. with you. I lo- hey, this is I your love- podcast. I love the questions keep coming, <laughs> but I'm just like, hey, this is a change of pace for me. I like oh, it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get carried away. I got ADD. And, uh, no, you're actually, I, hey, you actually are talkative. So I appreciate it, man. We, we're going to have a fun one. So, uh, no, ask your questions. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just curious, you know, what, what you were, uh, what you're, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you said something about boxing. Go ahead. I'm, I was I'm, just I'm, trying to figure out what, you know, I, I, I commented on your TikTok. I don't know if you said anything back. I was wondering when, when we we're going to see, uh, you know, in the ring, when, you, when are you going to fight? 
man, I, I wish I would have already been in twice. You know, my goal was to fight twice this year. Um, so what happened was I moved up to Portland in April after I got done with wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, when I was doing the thing, I was training, I, I can't, um, you know, I, I was getting my workouts in, you know, I'll say that. And, uh, but there's no fights. And, and I called my buddy, I called actually, you're scared uh, of COVID, aren't you? No, I'm not scared of COVID at all. I tell people to go. I told the guy that uh, I'm, I'm down here in Mexico. So today I told the guy that told me to put a mask on at the outdoor mall that he was useless. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's what he his is. job was. Would they wow. have people a- standing at the door of an outdoor mall, which nobody was there. And, and I'm walking in with my girlfriend and the guy's like, Oh, you need to put your mask on. I was like, Oh no, it hurts my face. And he's like, Oh, you need to put it on. My girlfriend's like, Hey babe, can you just put it on? They're and trying like, to keep guy, the unemployment rate down, man. I was like, this guy's job is literally useless. He should be ashamed of himself. And I yelled it. Like, I don't yeah. know if he spoke English, but if he did, he wasn't happy. Uh, I feel bad. I, I, that was before church started. So I, oh, I that, probably, that's, that's why you said it. Cause you're like, I hope he doesn't speak English. I'll get away with this. <laughs> I would have, I would have probably said it way harder if he did speak English. Like I, at this point, it would, nobody's around. I mean, come on. Yeah. There was a lady at my work uh, a few weeks ago that works the gate. And there's nobody outside. This is outside. And she's telling me, like, oh, you know, you need to put your mask on. And she thinks I don't speak Spanish. And I speak a little Spanish. And I'm yeah. like, no, estoy fuera, no necesario uh, mascarilla. And, and, which means it, I'm outside. I don't need my mask. And, but she tried to tell, like, my friend, like, hey, you know, he needs to put his mask on. And I was like, I'm outside. I don't need my mask. And I do speak Spanish. So I, I can understand you. <laughs> I'm like, ah. not, wearing, not wearing a mask outside, lady. Right. So well, it, what's interesting, it, too, about, like, the whole mask thing, and a lot of people might disagree with me on this, but I, I find it hilarious that the same people that are advocating for it and saying, okay, you always need to mask up. All right, whatever. I guess I understand. Uh, as soon as they're not in the spotlight, when they're around all their friends at home or they're, they're going to parties, they're doing stuff without masks. Uh, I just find it hilarious. You know, they're, they're yeah. trying to act like well, they're, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you know, the thing is, is like, actually I got a funny story. I got a funny story. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story about when I was a kid because I want to juxtapose it with how far I've grown since then. So, uh, so when I was in eighth grade, there was this girl I really liked. And, uh, and when I, we, so basically how it worked is there was like a circular hallway and, and we would just walk around before school started. We walk around the hallway and I really liked this girl and I'm walking by, I'm in eighth grade. I'm like 12, 13 years on. old. Did you say a circular hallway? Well, it what was do you mean like a circular, a, like, like the building was shaped in a circle. No, it sounds it like a fucking prison. A, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh no it was a square it was a square and so we'd just walk walk through the hall oh i got you a square okay oh, yeah uh, <laughs> and and i i see the girl i like coming by and i'm walking with my buddy connor and i'm like oh dude all right here's my chance and instead of like saying like hey what's up like you know my name's christian i was like high five and i like high five <laughs> that was it <laughs> so so fast forward 10 years later uh 11 years later, whatever, they finally say, because remember at the beginning, they say, you know, you don't need a mask. Fauci was like, it wouldn't make any difference. And then they disclosed that oh, he yeah. was lying, that, which somehow never got any media coverage. That, you know, <laughs> it never does. Donald Trump says that, you know, the election is stolen. And that's like the biggest, you know, thing. But Dr. Fauci literally lies about things that he knew. And somehow, anyway, regardless. Yeah. So, so I remember I was doing DoorDash and I walked into this, uh, 
sushi restaurant, which I'd been in multiple times, never needed a mask. And the lady's like, oh, you need to put on your mask. And I was like, I'm just going to grab the sushi. It's right there. Like, I didn't know the rule. She's like, no, 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 you can't come in here without putting on your mask. I don't think she was Asian, but. uh, (laughs) Good impression. You fooled me. (laughs) So so in my best impression of her, I go, and I walk out and I grab a mask and I come back in and grab the food. So I, I, I share those two stories uh, with you, Cordell to show <laughs> Christian at 13 years old and Christian at 23 years old. And I've matured less. I've yeah, more immature. Yeah. If anything, you're the same, but I'd say, you know, less High is probably more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. You got to enjoy those moments though. Oh, it was so great. It was so fun. And I, I called my mom and I was like, mom, this lady, cause it was just, listen, the mask thing, whatever, I get it. The only yeah. thing that bothers me is it's just all about control. There are masks and there are ways to make it so I don't have to wear one. If you're feel, you feel comfortable, you can wear one. I use the analogy all the time. Why do I have to wear a life jacket? Because you can't swim when I'm on the beach. And, and it, it's so true. Like if I've had mm. COVID, which I believe I have, but I, regardless, if you've had COVID, you don't need to wear a mask. You can't get COVID again. You can't transmit COVID again. Well, then they change their story every time. Like you said, with Dr. Fauci, I, I remember, you know, uh, back when it was the 14 days to slow the spread, um, yeah. when this was first happening, I remember them saying that, you know, wearing a mask isn't really going to do anything. It's, it's not going to help. And they, they, they back and forth so much. And it's the same. It's just going to be the same thing every time. But now after the election, now that Biden's in office, uh, I noticed that when um, Tim McGraw sang Amazing Grace at inauguration, he doesn't have a mask on. He's hugging everybody and they're, they're going up to him. I think Biden like went, approached him and gave him a hug. It's like, yeah. I thought, you know, it's so important and you're setting a bad example. Right. But yeah, I don't well, know. Well, he, he made the, I, I don't really want to get into it too much because it's, I know it's like a broken record. And I'm not, it is, not yeah. you, but it's just like, <laughs> it, dude, they're going to do what they're going to do, man. I'm a Christian. They could come kill me and take my place away. I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'm, yeah. you know, the gates of heaven aren't moving anytime soon. So, uh, but you know, it is, it is ridiculous that he says, you know, Oh no, or masks are mandatory on federal property. And then he's caught taking pictures of his family without masks on federal property, like yeah. two hours later. And it's just, there's so much hypocrisy and the media is on their side so they can put out whatever narrative they want. I've kind of used the analogy, like my girlfriend and, and her mom are starting to come around to Trump because the media is such liars and I've exposed them. But, yeah, uh, you know, it's like The Bachelor. They pick who the villain's going to be before the season ever even starts, you know, or we all do. Yeah. They, so, the, I mean, yeah. he could be the nicest guy in the world. I remember a few years back, uh, they had this guy, Luke P, who I really looked up to. And he was the villain. And that guy, they didn't mean to make that guy the villain. That was just. You, you know, watched The Bachelor? Well, no. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, good for, no, I'm like, no, the, so what happened was there was this guy named Luke who was a Christian uh-huh. and he was like standing up on his faith and saying like, mm-hmm. you know, I've messed up and I don't want to be having sex in, until I'm married anymore. And, and so I really admired it. So I oh, watched for that aspect for him. of it. And, but they just ridiculed yeah. him and they, the meat, they, that producer could have made him look any way they wanted they could have made him the good guy they could have made him the bad guy you know whatever music but that's not good tv so that's why they do it but the thing is is they can manipulate that and people like the the common person can't see through that they can't see through the fact that they're being manipulated and and that the media can put out whatever they're so good at their job they can put out whatever narrative they want and so i mean 
here's here's a food for thought. Like they could have made Trump a good guy, and people would have gone with it. Like bottom line, the same mm. the same people that hate him probably would have liked him if they would have de- if the media would have decided that they liked him. Uh, and that's yeah. I mean, that's in my opinion. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. So I don't. No, trust I, the media. I absolutely agree with you. Um, I think people are very gullible and, it, and it's really not a left and right thing. Cause I, I know I, I, I brought up politics a little bit, but, um, sure. uh, I, you know, for I'm me, it's like, I would call, I call that BS out on, on both sides. I've seen it on both sides. Everyone sees it on both sides. Um, and that's what you got to do. You just got to keep advocating for, you know, the truth and honesty and, uh, yeah. hopefully eventually people come around, but yeah, the media is awful, man. They just, this is why I really try to not pay attention to, um, the news too much and watch stuff. I, I like to watch the live, uh, you know, press briefings or, um, Senate hearings and stuff like that. I, I try to tune them on when I can, just because it's like, I can't tell you how many times I've uh, on both sides, I'll watch something. And then, you know, an hour later I see something comes out and it's totally incorrect. Absolutely yeah. false. What was said, uh, that, that does piss me off a little bit on both sides, you know? Well, and yeah, and it does happen. And, I, I think it, it definitely happens more on the left. Uh, oh, it, absolutely. Not, no, not even a, 100%. Not even a question. Not even a question. Um, yep. <laughs> it, it's, you know, it, it's more, the only reason it happens on the right is because it's more of a retaliation. Like, oh, look what you guys did. Now we're going to do it. And I don't think that's okay. Um, you know, it, yeah. it's like with the riots. You have to hate riots on both sides. Um, you know, to. Oh, yeah. All year was fine. <laughs> it, well, that's the thing. Apparently. And now, so now they're. Um, you know, now they're, they're trying to, this is how useless our government is right now, especially the democratic party is they are cashing paychecks while telling you, you can't cash a paycheck. You can't work putting people in place to make sure that you can't do that while impeaching somebody that's already out of office. That's how useless they are. Right now. I know what people are going to yep. say. Oh, the, the impeachment has things to do with him. Never running. I don't care. It's stupid. Uh, did you see the one guy that said he incited an erection? <laughs> Uh, no who said that <laughs> some moron i don't know he goes and it was all over the news too it wasn't all over the news but like they were he was please like, he tell is, me he's a congressperson was it in congress it or some, is he just a I, I don't remember who it was i can get the name for you it wasn't Mitch Damn. McConnell, but uh it, he was like trump incited an erection i, I mean insurrection and but when i watched <laughs> the when i looked Listen, I, I knew the it. guy was handsome, but I didn't know he was that handsome. It's yeah, like my God. <laughs> I need yeah. to go watch. If he was on Twitter, I'd get back on his Twitter. And, you know, think, we, they should have told him, keep your personal life at home, my friend. My God. <laughs> <laughs> he's secretly got a crush on the president. So Yeah, he's like Trump inside a direction. That's over funny. Here. I never I mean, heard about that. Insurrection. But yeah. <laughs> no, and everybody I've, I've uh, seen talk about it, they've even said that there is literally zero grounds. And if you watch the president's speech, which they've probably done everything they can to take down right now because that doesn't fit their narrative when the actual words are out there, just like with the one where he said, you know, the, the Instagram video and the Twitter video that got him banned was a one minute video where he said, hey, you know, this is not okay. We don't condone this. You guys are upset. I get it. I love you, but you have to go home. You have to stop this. We, we're calling for no violence. Yeah, I see it. But then they took that down and said that, you know, they didn't they, say it. All, all, all they were saying was, oh, he tells his followers to disperse and that he loves rioters and stuff like that. And that's not what he said. And they never posted the original video. They just took him down because it didn't fit the narrative that they wanted to put Absolutely. him in. Absolutely. Direct evidence. But now with the, I get talking, man, and I get going. 
uh, this is, you're my guest and I'm the one talking. You're asking the questions. I'm hey, I know I fired you up with politics. I'm sorry. Oh, geez. Uh, politics and religion, man. I just, I go after it. I know. But, uh, but no. So with the, the thing is I, if they're, if they're trying to say, if they have any grounds to stand on that Trump incited an insurrection, they have to go back to their, their definition of peaceful that they had all summer long because yeah, it, was it was mostly peaceful. peaceful mostly peaceful so yeah it was mostly if peaceful want, if you want to look at his words when he says we're going to go over there peacefully and we're going to then you have to say well peaceful we told you peaceful meant destroying cities so obviously he yeah. incited an insurrection slash right. erection, erection. somebody's yeah <laughs> you know and um and i agree with you and, and and a few things i want to add and i know like we want to you know not poke it too much but i just want oh, to say that care. a lot of people don't uh, care that the president got removed from Twitter and I get it. Okay. It's a social media, whatever. Um, the problem is people should be absolutely terrified because the, the example that I point out is that people, a lot of people say that like, what if, what if you Christian, what if you got removed from all social media just because you're uh, you're, you're a Christian that could, that's like, that's the possibility of the future. And you know, I'm not religious, so, you know, I'm not worried about that. They're not going to get me, but sure. they might get you. Right. And that's sad to think about. Cause like they, they so easily removed the president of the United States from basically everything, just blacklisted him. Um, and, and they're saying, well, you have nothing to worry about unless you're fear mongering or you're, 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 uh, you know, it's hate speech or promoting hate speech or crimes. That's not true because, um, uh, personally, I don't think, uh, I don't think he's guilty of any of that. And I just think it's, it's terrifying to think that someone could just delete you so easily like that. You know, the Twitter is not the law, you know, these, these big tech companies need to learn their place. I'm sorry. I'm not going to curse, but uh, I one thing I want to say, Oh, you can curse. Sorry. I don't care. I had Colby. Oh, okay. You're talking about. Okay. Well, well, I shit, mean, so I won't. Curse, ah, okay. Can. Okay. Um, and then one thing I want to add too is that like, if you're on the left or the right, and you absolutely hate the left or hate the right, what I advise people to do, take like one month and only listen to news on the other side, only. Um, I, had a, I, I told some friends of mine to do this. Yeah, and um, it's actually interesting the way you will, without a doubt, see things differently. Um, and maybe it's a good thing or bad thing. Uh, you define that for yourself, but I really advise it. I had a friend of mine and I'm not like a huge advocate for um, uh, the right or something. It's just like, you know, I, I feel like I have to be in a way, you know, I feel like a lot of people feel like that. I can't, I can't feel comfortable on the left with like with the things that are going on. Right. And I've got a lot of friends that are on the left and I, and I told them to do this. And I remember they came to me and not that they changed their views, but I think that they calmed down a little bit on uh, Republicans and on Trump because they started to see things a lot differently. Because if you go to um, the right and listen to news or you listen to like some podcast or something, a lot of times you'll hear them give you a fact and say, hey, this is what happened. You decide how you want to digest that information. Uh, you don't hear that on the left. You hear this is the way you need to think. And it's usually not even correct sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it is yeah. though. Yeah. You know, so. Well, well, the thing about it is too, and, and that's a great uh, that's a great piece of advice. And I might do that. Um, I, I just, I'm scared that I'll be, you know, a liberal at the end of it. Uh, just kidding. No, you know, but, one person that I, uh, sorry, cut you off the, um, that I listen to that does podcasts that I think is really fair, uh, for the left goes is, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Jake, uh, Tra uh is it Trapper? Um, 
I'm, I might mispronounce his name. Uh, he does a podcast for uh, CNN, I think. Uh, very, it's very fair. You know, you listen to it and it, it, you know, he, he gives his opinions, but he's not lying. I watched him interview Joe Biden a few times and he actually asked fair questions, yeah. you know, not these softball, what kind of ice cream did you get? You know, stuff like yeah, that. Right. So um, that's just one person maybe people can look out for, but sorry, continue. Oh, no. Well, I was just saying, you know, and the tough thing about it is, too, is, is whether you like it or not, um, you know, conservative ideologies, the right is more rooted in, in faith and the left is more mm. rooted in, I don't even want to say science because it's not even science at this point. It's just, it's more cultural, uh, like pop cultural culture acceptance. Yeah, pop culture, I would say. Um, yeah. And so when you have a grounding of faith, you, you really don't change. You, you don't, you don't, I mean, you know, some things kind of come and go, but, but you have a pretty set standard. You know, you've got, you've got one of these lying around that it, it's pretty hard to deny, you know, it's written in stone. And so, yeah. and, and then obviously, you know, they, they root themselves. I feel more in the constitution because they're least likely to go against it, except for, you know, Roe v. Wade. Um, so, so that's why I think, you know, a lot of times you see what you see and you see, I mean, cause leftists today don't even agree with leftists of, of two years ago. I mean, just to, and if you don't believe me, you know, it used to be LGBT. Now it's LGBTQAZY or whatever. I, yeah. I we're know. getting the rest of the alphabet. Yeah. So they're making up stuff as we go along. And so, and that just kind of proves that, and I'm not saying everybody and not everybody that's on the right is religious. Like you said yourself, you're not you know, yeah. very religious, but you know, not at all. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> don't kill me. <laughs> no, I don't care. I mean, I mean, I do care. I care for you. I know you care. You like, want to save my soul. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, regardless is, you know, everybody talks about the Bible belt or, or how nice Midwesterners are. Well, a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are, you know, they have a very strong Christian tradition, whether or not they actually adhere to it that's what they were brought up in most of the times. And so that's kind of what they adhere to, you know, like there's not a lot of mean people that left the Mormon church, even though they're not Mormon, they still had like a, a good, like foundation of respect and, and things like that. And, and so that's kind of where that comes from in, in most senses. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of division now, as opposed to later years is because there's really an attack on like any kind of established faith uh, and anything that has to do. Cause you can't just go out and attack. In my opinion, what's going on is you can't just go out and attack somebody's faith. You have to attack something else that, uh, that closely resembles it. And the way people vote kind of closely resembles it. And the way people vote conservatively kind of closely resembles that. So if you attack that first, you kind of create like a bridge to eventually attacking their faith. So that's why like when people say, oh, you know, like Christians in, in the Christian circle are like, oh, don't be scared. Don't be um, you know, whatever, like, or don't take a side. Well, it's like, well, it's kind of attack on everybody. Cause eventually, you know, the next step after your conservative ideologies is your faith, you know? Yeah. Well, you give an inch, they take a mile, you know? And, um, and yeah, you know, you made a good point. Yes. I'm not, uh, I'm not religious, but one thing that actually people kind of find interesting about me is that I'm not religious, but when I have children, I'm going to have them, you know, I want them to go to church. I want them to learn about God. Um, and that's, uh, and, and, you know, they can decide for themselves, but I didn't really have that opportunity when I was younger. Right. That wasn't, but, but then again, I kind of like that cause I can decide these things on my own, but I think it's good to have something to believe in. Um, and if that's something that they 
feel strongly about, want to believe in, uh, I think it's good. It really does motivate you to be a good person sometimes. I think sometimes if you have God on your side, it can be a little terrifying actually, because people will do anything if they have God on their side. So right. that's either a good thing or a bad thing, but I like to think that um, it keeps you morally stable. So I'd agree with you on that. I think it's good to have religion. I hope that it sticks around, even though I poke fun at it and I'm not a believer, you know, I'm not a follower myself. I'm like that guy that sits in the dimly lit corner and kind of watches, but uh, yeah, right. it's good. It's good though. Yeah. Well, you at least recognize the value. And I think every society has recognized the yeah. value because this is, this is, I mean, this is what's happening is every society has recognized the value of some kind of set moral standard. Every society has recognized the value of, of being married and, and having kids and having like an established like way of thinking and an established path that is straight as opposed to wishy-washy going wherever you, wherever the wind blows that that's not productive. Like one of the most productive things a man can do is get married period Yeah. because the wife and the kids motivate him. They keep him on track and, and it keeps him like, you know, that's a, that's a why it's like, okay, well I got to go to work cause I got somebody counting on me. And also it's, it sharpens them. It strengthens them up. You know, it, you're, you're, I mean, you, you talk to any father that's had a, a daughter, like that's a much better person now than before they had a daughter. And, and same with, you know, men that get married there, you know, it's a sharpening tool for you as a human being. So mm. that's a good point. Very good point. That's why I'm scared to get married. You don't want to be a better person. <laughs> no, I, no, I, uh, I'll, I want to get married one day just not right now, you know, well, I'm, now I'm single. So obviously I'm not just going to go out and get hitched, but. Yeah. I mean, you can move to Mexico. They like the white guys down here. Do they really? Are you like a giant down there? Are they short? Cause I'm not a tall guy and I've seen you actually, you know, funny story. Um, I don't know if I ever told you this, that, uh, there in Corvallis a couple of times, I went to the church there with my girlfriend, oh, uh, downtown and I seen you there a few times. Oh, did actually. You really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this was before I really, um, before our mutual acquaintance had, had told me to, uh, hit you up a, a while back. Um, cause I, I, I remember going, Oh, I've seen him before. I remember being like, God, that guy's huge. I was thinking like, you're stout, a handsome devil. I was jealous because I was like, well, I was sitting next to my girlfriend and I'm like, Hey, close your, you don't need to be looking. All right. You know what I mean? I think that was probably my buddy next to me, but I appreciate the the compliment. That was you, man. I was jealous. So, so what? I need to go to Mexico and find me a lady or something. Well, it's okay. So they got to pick me though. Yeah, I mean, I'm t I got one, and I'm. She's in the room, so you can't say much, right? No, I'm perfectly happy with that. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's just, um, I mean, it's like anything, you know, like. Did you meet her down there? Yeah. That's incredible! Wow. Yeah. So, so listen to this, uh, Cordell. So, so I came down here. Um, so, oh, so I, to answer your question, there was no fights going on in Portland, and I was either going to go to Florida and fight. I was either going to go to Florida and fight uh, my first amateur fight and then go back or because I, I decided I want to go to Mexico. I wanted to learn Spanish. I wanted to get better at boxing. And, and I had a job opportunity that I could take for a few months. And so I decided to just do that first and put, you know, competing on hold as, and then just get my training in order. So I came yeah. down here, I've been boxing and doing that. And so I'm actually probably going to move to Vegas when I get back and I'm going to start training in Vegas and live with some family for a little bit. Oh, wow. There's, some, there's some good opportunity. You're in all Vegas. over the place. So I know, man, yeah. I know. I just go, you know, I watched the... your, um, your vlog when you first were going to move down to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Cause I remember when you, you, had, you had told me that, that you're going to leave. And I was like, Oh, I was pretty shocked. And you posted that video and it almost just seems like, you know, you're just like, all right, you know, I'm going to, to me, it's crazy to fathom somebody just uprooting and going somewhere at the snap of a finger like that. Um, was that just because you needed that change? I mean, like that, that just seems wild to me. No, honestly. Okay. So I've, and this kind of goes back to the faith and I don't want to delve into it too much. Um, but you know, I feel like there's a very distinct voice when God tells me to like encourages me to go somewhere and, and it's been very quick. So when I decided to become an MMA fighter, it was a, it was an overnight decision. I I never wanted Mm -hmm. to do it. And it was overnight decision. When I decided to go to Oregon state overnight decision, when I decided to move to Portland overnight decision, Um, so all these things, like these good things in my life have come from very quick decisions that I felt very convicted about. And that was one of them was, and this Vegas move is another one. And so the move into Mexico, it was like, I was talking to a lady or I had a lady come in my car for Uber and she didn't speak really good English. And it just hit me. I was like, I need to learn Spanish. And so the next day I was like, I'm going to move out of the country. Basically. basically And you still get stimulus checks. So that's cool. I don't think I got a stimulus check. What? I don't think so. My, my oh. buddy that works with me that is not a uh, U.S. citizen got a stimulus check. I don't know how that happened. Oh, uh, probably well, he you're supposed to take his. I know, right? That's interesting. Uh, well, let, me, let me ask you one other thing when we're talking about the Conor McGregor and the fight. So okay. you've been training. How long do you think you'd last against Conor McGregor? I think I'd beat Conor McGregor. You beat him. Up. Yeah. You beat him? I mean, I'm almost a hundred pounds heavier than the guy. I mean, well, no, I mean, you, you, you cut weight. You're to the same, of course, professionally. Oh, the same size. Uh, I mean, I would just utilize my wrestling. I think, uh, I mean, I would never make 155 pounds. I'm a, a heavyweight or a two. You're a big pounds. guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I mean, if it, I think it'd be, I mean, if we were the same, if I was 155, yeah, he'd probably beat me. I don't think. Who's somebody you would not want to fight in the UFC? Uh, honestly, I don't think there's anybody. Really? Yeah. You're an I animal. Remember, I remember when I was 20, I watched Francis Ngannou knock out, uh, and this was when I was a little bit heavier. Uh, and I, I've decided to make the move to 205 for the beginning of my career, but I think I'll probably end up being heavyweight because I've been that big before, but I'm a little leaner now. But I remember when I watched Francis Ngannou kill Alistair Overeem. Something in my head was like, dang, I want to fight that guy. Like, I want to beat that guy up. So you really are a tough son of a bitch. Cause like I was, I was, I run through these scenarios when I think about fighting in the UFC, you know, I, I don't know how to fight. I'm a wuss, but like I run through these scenarios. Like the other night I was thinking of fighting a, a Michael Chandler and I was like, you know what? I was like, if I fought him and I had a knife, I wonder if I could beat him. And I realized it's like, I couldn't even beat him if I had a knife, you know? And then I was like, what about a machete or a samurai sword? If I had a samurai sword, it makes me think, you know, maybe I stand a chance, but I don't even, I don't even know if I could because I only get one opportunity. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know how to fight. You actually know how to wrestle, you know, box, MMA. I don't know none of that stuff. So all I have is this one, you know what I mean? I miss my mark. Swing, bro. And he, he's going to get me. So, yeah. God, you must be tough then. Well, I want to watch you fight. So I appreciate that, man. And I don't know if it's, it, it, I mean, I think a lot of it comes with stupidity. I think you have to be pretty stupid to want to do what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, when I started wrestling, I, uh, the reason I started was my brother was doing really good at it, but I was playing basketball at the time. And I was like, man, this isn't tough enough. 
Like I want to do the, I want to be the best at the toughest thing I could find. And when wrestling ended or when I knew wrestling was going to end eventually when I came to terms with it, I was like, well, what's the next toughest thing? And I literally came to a crossroads. I was like, all right, do I want to be, it was between Navy SEALs and fighting. And those were the two things I was either going to drop out of college and go enlist in the Navy and be a Navy SEAL, which I didn't really tell too many people about. Or am I going to try to pursue a career in MMA? And I prayed about it for a few days and, uh, and MMA was what I chose. And, and so it's always been this uh, desire to like be the best at the toughest thing you can find. And mm-hmm. so I don't know if it's a calling. I don't know if it's, you know, just me being uh, weird. I don't know, but I also have a chip on my shoulder because I, I didn't do what I want to do in wrestling. So now I'm like, well, I mean, I've got 15 years probably to, to do what I want to do in, in fighting if I want to take that. So, and I don't know the thought, this is what keeps me up at night. The thought of that there might be somebody tougher than me on the planet. Like that bothers me. Like that somebody could come into my house and take my TV remote, you know, or like, yeah, or, or hurt me. I've just learned to accept it. You know, I mean, I I, I, I'm a pro gun guy. I love guns, but the fact that somebody like, it just, it bothers me. Like, even if I think about losing, like that bothers me that somebody could like beat me. So um, yeah, I don't know. I like it. Um, I enjoy like it. your like attitude. It. That's good. That's actually a good way to put it. Um, cause like I said, I just, I just accept it. I'm just like, Oh yeah, that guy kicked my ass. Like I said, when I seen you in church and I'm like, well, hopefully he doesn't walk over here and say, Hey, your girlfriend's my girlfriend. Cause then I'm just going <laughs> to say, well, shit, baby, you heard him. You know, guess you're going <laughs> you know to <laughs> He's a religious man. I'm not, you just stepped up. Good for you guys. You know, <laughs> as uh, far as I'm concerned, I'm happy for you, lady. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah. It's like shit. <laughs> uh, oh, that's terrible, man. I, well, I appreciate well, the compliment, but no, yeah. uh, well, you're funny, man. Like you've got, you've got good humor. So I think, so yeah. how did you, it's so depression. How did you, so how did, did you say depression? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did that's you get, you get comedy? Um, how did I get into comedy? You know, I think just always growing up, uh, when I was young, I told myself I really wanted to have a comedy sketch TV show. That was always a goal of mine. And, um, you know, obviously when I was a kid, I remember watching, uh, maybe not like little kid, but when I was growing up, I watched the Chappelle show and that was like the biggest motivation for me. I thought that was just amazing. Um, you know, I've always, I've always really loved the film aspect of it not so much i've done stand-up comedy and it's fun but there's just something about um i don't know documenting film yeah i don't know i just i really love film not even just comedies but um yeah i think just watching you know dave Chappelle as a kid it was just really motivating me obviously everyone loves to laugh right i was always the class clown um it was just enjoyable i think when i got a little older though you start to you'll notice this with people that are close to you they really don't want to see you um, strive for your dreams because their dreams didn't work out. Uh, and that's sad because it's a real thing that people do. Um, I can't remember. There's a German word for it, for the study, what they call this. Um, but usually your closest friends and family don't want to see you succeed that much because they did not succeed. Right. And so I think when I was in high school, you know, by that time, my dream had started to go down the gutter because I had so many people telling me, well, it's not possible to go do, stand-up comedy it's not possible to get into the film industry doing comedy it's it's you know you're just a small town guy that's not gonna happen go yeah. go work at the mill you know and um so to be honest you know I, I i lost it for quite a bit you know i i lost my dream for a while it wasn't until um i think 
two years ago, I started posting, uh, you know, videos online realizing, wow, I'm getting like really good traction on this. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, um, people felt really woke and then they, it's been a struggle, not gonna lie since then, because, um, I do post a lot of controversial stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but like, I'm just like, I don't know. I'll just, whatever I think is funny. I, I usually don't mean any harm by it. Uh, I don't know, but well, yeah, but, I just yeah. think watching your favorite comedians as a kid, you know, uh, th- that's just really what did it for me, man. I just always loved to laugh. I like to have a good time, be happy. Yeah. Yeah. But depression really did it for me. Probably. <laughs> really? Is that what the coffee's for today? Hey, yeah, that is. Let me ask you something. Was what? the girl that served you the coffee, was she pretty cute? I had you know what, ask, man? I had some, when, I, when I had Colby on the show, he asked me that. And I was like, bro, I, they just, they're paid to flirt with you. You know, it's They're like, it's paid like to a, flirt. It's like a stripper. So it, I'll be honest. <laughs> that's like, exactly I, what I said. Yeah, no, they're 100% like strippers. And uh, I don't want to be too hard on them because uh, I've always been really tight with the, whichever Dutch bros I live by. Because I'm a pretty... A uh, friendly person. I'll talk to them and ask them about their day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty chill with a lot of the people here. Um, so much so that I actually made fun of Dutch bros in a video and they got really mad at me uh, for a little bit. But uh, actually, there's been a lot of dudes there, which is very upsetting because even though I know that they're not into me, the women are not into you guys. Whoever's listening to this, they're not into you. They want tips or it's their job to be friendly, like a stripper, right? Um, but it was a dude. I was very disappointed. I wanted to throw that bitch in reverse so quick, but there's a car behind me, so I couldn't. I need um, a second drink, man. I'm not doing this today. <laughs> well, well, think about it. You know, like with the lockdown, I mean, you can't even meet women. So it's like you don't even really have any social interaction in person. And so, you know, that's my go-to. I'll go get a coffee, at least say hi to a, a pretty gal, but it's been a bunch of dudes, bunch of dudes. I don't recommend it at all. <laughs> I, that this them hiring more dudes single-handedly is what's going to make me like lose weight and not drink so much uh mochas so it's good <laughs> hey man i had to move to another country to to get out of the slump that was oregon so <laughs> i get your uh, i get your drift man if if the dutch bros girls aren't doing it for you sometimes you gotta hightail it out of the, the yeah you country. gotta move out of the country that's the only option <laughs> that's what i did man that's yeah. what I did. So that's the, <laughs> I like it. That's good. That's good thinking, man. It was, uh, you know, I'd love to say, I'd love to take credit for it. So uh, I will, but, uh, <laughs> that's cool, you know, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Not the dudes part, but the, the comedy thing, man. And yeah. Hey man, I'll, I'll just tell you as a guy that had his dreams, uh, crushed multiple times. I remember, you know, when I was in high school, like I wrote my goals down and, and, I just had, there was so much opposition. Whenever you say you want to do something great, there's going to be opposition, whether it's, you know, people, family, friends, like the people just, the thing is, is because the the average person sees things from a realistic lens and they see, um, they see an insurmountable goal and, and they just accept that. And so whenever you put something out there, that's, that's not, uh, not realistic. I mean, it's not realistic that we have lights. It's not realistic that you can fly across countries. It's not realistic that you can put in a code and things will just be printed in a lab, Mm -hmm. like even in your own home now. That's not realistic. But somebody had to say, I don't care if it's realistic. I'm going to do it. You know, I mean, the 
the first guy to land a front flip in a BMX, uh, the BMX tricks or whatever, or what is it? The ATV? You're talking about motocross? No, but it's not the race. It's the actual, like, it's like the X Games, like where they do the tricks, but it's yeah. BMX. Yeah. X the games, first guy yeah. to land a front flip, a year later, if you didn't have a front flip in your routine, you, you, you were not competitive. A year later. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, the four-minute mile was said to be physically impossible. So, like, there's just so much, you know, whatever you say you want to do something great, people are just going to automatically. Well, you got to surround yourself around other dreamers, you know, because that, that's yeah. really the problem, too. And uh, I think that, um, you know, they say that, like, your, your five closest friends, on average, you're going to have about the same income as them. You're going to have about the same goals as them. Uh, and, you know, and that's probably why I don't, I don't ha hang out with a lot of people because a lot of people don't have the same interests as me. I love yeah. – my family, I love my friends, but in a way they, they kind of hold you back, especially if they're, they don't, they don't really want to see your dreams come to fruition. So, um, I think it's good to, uh, keep pushing forward and that's what I'm going to do, you know? So, yeah, man. I mean, my, my buddy Chiel gave me some of the best advice ever. He said, if you want to, if you want to do something, find somebody that's done it and, and figure out how, and it's the proximity principle. I was listening to Ken Coleman today and he talks about it. He wrote a book called, uh, the proximity principle. But it's the same thing. It's like if you want to do something, being people, be in close proximity to people that are doing it. So, like, if you yep. want to be in comedy, find a good friend or something that's doing it. I mean, you know, like, there's a reason that you don't see UFC gyms or MMA gyms with just one champion. There's two, three, four. Like, it's because iron sharpens iron, you know? And if you're 100%. people that don't want this, I mean, there's a reason that Nashville is the capital for music and Hollywood is the capital for, uh, uh, for the movie industry and I don't know where comedy is, but you know, and, uh, that, and you know, New Orleans is the capital for voodoo. Like you, you just gotta be around people that are doing it. If you want to do it. You know, I, I think you're, you're hundred percent right. And, and part of me is, uh, I'm kind of at that moment, you know, where I move out of the country moment, like for you, you know, you needed to be in a good spot so you can train. Um, and I, actually it's a really good strategy when you think about it. Cause uh, I don't know if you ever read the art of war by Sun Tzu, but he, yep. he calls something called the death ground where he would back his, you know, you back an army up against a geographical um, position where the men can't retreat and they would actually fight, you know, two or three times harder um, spirit well, like, because they like have nowhere the else to go. Exactly. You know, it's either you, you, you live or you die and it's a good technique and part of, you know, myself, I, I almost want to uh, just uproot and go somewhere and start from scratch because there's no other option. You have to make it work, right? We get comfortable. And I, I've been comfortable because I am, you know, I'm, I'm living well. Uh, you know, I have income and it's easy just to say, I'll do it tomorrow. But when you have no other option, you can't do that. So, um, yeah, I think there are, the proximity rule is very good. And, and for comedy, uh, there's a lot of places. I think the hardest thing for comedy is that it's so subjective even to other creators because i've had uh numerous amounts of other comedians and writers you know because i write my own sketches mm -hmm. uh, get a hold of me and, and want to collaborate with me but they make it very clear that um they don't want to do comedy sketches if it's mocking uh i hate to get in like politics again but that's that's really been a problem for me you can't make fun of uh democrats or anything and well, yeah, that's, I mean, and that's, that's not thing. fair because there's, uh, I will make fun of both because there's comedy. There's so you miss out on a lot of material when you don't, I mean, there's stuff to laugh about in every aspect of life. So when you say you can't make any jokes about, uh, uh, Americans, you know, it's like, why? 
Yeah. That's stupid. Well, that's like saying that you can't laugh at somebody that gets kicked in the nuts. You know, it's like that's hilarious. That's the funniest thing. Like hilarious. I, mean, I don't want to get kicked in the, the nuts. Democrats are the funniest people on earth. Like the the hypocrisy. Like if you can't point that out, I mean, that, but that's why comedy's failing now. That's why that's why people are are not funny anymore. Like Dave Chappelle, his most recent skit, all he did was talk about you know the nine minutes and forty nine seconds of or eight minutes, whatever it was, with George Floyd. It yeah. wasn't funny at all. It was more it was, of a venting. Yeah, it was like, hey, dude, yeah. people literally paid to come listen to you be funny, and you did the opposite. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, regardless of how you feel about what happened, you know, I think everybody was heartbroken by that video, and I'm not saying that. But, Absolutely. And it's not right what happened, but you're paid to be funny. You know, it, it's different than a UFC fighter that goes out and fights and then talks about, you know, his political views in the post-fight press conference or at the, you know, that's his time. But he's not yelling at the camera BLM while he's in a fist fight. And that's yeah. what Dave Chappelle did with that. And that's what com comedians are doing is like, and even movies, they'll just put these little things in there that aren't funny. They're just, well, the just thing is, you know, everyone wants to, you know, they want to stay in Hollywood, right? You got to, that's where the money's at. Because everyone's kind of coming together. And I think a lot of people, um, I don't know if you, you probably read a lot. It sounds like, um, you ever read uh, Robert Greene's 48 laws of power? No, I don't think so. Very good so book. No it's I probably, haven't. it's more, more attributed to, uh, warfare, the mentality of warfare and a lot of prisoners read it. Um, but he makes a very good point in the introduction of the book, just talking about how, uh, you know, the people that come out and act like they're the victims, you know, those are the ones you really got to watch out for the most because they're just playing a game with you. Uh, they want to appear weak, obviously to throw you off course. So I, I just, I see through the BS when a lot of these people come out and they make these depressing videos saying how much they care. And, and then they go back to their million dollar mansion and then live their life like nothing happened. Right. Yeah. Um, but because they want to, they want to, stay in favor with the public. Right. And so when I'm in my position where I'm not a, uh, eccentric billionaire or something, uh, I don't really have the, the luxury of that, but it is quite frustrating to meet other comedians that can't just, um, you know, have fun and, and do comedy and laugh. And they've got to, there's ulterior motives, you know, they have to push an agenda and it's like, you can, you can make jokes on both sides and still like, I, I just don't understand why they got to, um, you know, tell me that, uh, Hey, you can't make jokes about Joe Biden, uh, sniffing kids. Well, why not? It's funny. Yeah. What, 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 what do you mean? We're it's missing out on so much material true. here. So and it's true. Yeah. And it's true. Um, like I said, you know, it's just because they're letting their personal life get in the way of their professional life. And that's, yeah. that's sad. Um, so yeah, it's been a little bit of a rocky ride. I think that's the biggest problem I'm having right now is that I've came into contact with some pretty decent names in comedy that are, are wanting to work with me. You know, I'll post a video that does pretty well on the internet. They come across it and they're like, Hey, this is funny. Let's work together. And then as soon as you um, pitch your idea that you want to really, I think that with comedy, you have to almost be limitless, right? You can't restrain yourself to such a small thing. It'll, you will not, you have to change with the times, right? You got to be adapting. You got to be changing. You got to go with the flow with everything, um, and when they restrict themselves so much, it just never works out. This is why, you know, I can't even, I can almost can't even stand to watch Comedy Central anymore, to be honest. Yeah. It's um, all political, man. It's it all is, and it's always one-sided, and it's, yeah. honestly, it's not funny anymore. I think SNL, as, as left-leaning as SNL is, I think SNL's done a decent job with- They're pretty funny. Yeah, they, they still so, do. 
they they they've done a good job making fun of both sides. You can tell yeah, they have. if you analyze it. Okay, we know where you stand, but they do a good job being at least at least picking on both sides. Some of the cold opens. I mean, with Jim Carrey playing uh, playing uh, Joe Biden, man, he's got the teeth. He's got. He's like, I don't need. What does he do? He's like, I don't need a mask. I got a mask for my eyes, and he puts on the sunglasses. <laughs> I don't know if you uh, saw that, but and then they got. I mean, I, I'm a big Trump guy, and you know, yeah. When they had the first cold open with the debates, and Trump's like, "Excuse me, he's interrupting," and he's like, "What are you talking about? You're interrupting." He hasn't said a word yet, Mr. Trump. He's like, "That's a lie." <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, I I think it's uh, there are some out there that still do. It's really refreshing um, to see comedians out there still just doing what they love. And uh, making people laugh, you know, whichever way they can. Why don't you audition for SNL? Um, you know, here's the thing, too, that's kind of been a problem for me is that I've never been that person that even though I've been the class clown, I'm usually in front of the camera. Uh, I actually don't like that. I, I would prefer to be a um, direct skits or at least, yeah, I write them and direct them. Um, I don't really like being the center of attention, but I'm so loud and, and, and goofy and fun that I become the center of attention. That's right. just my personality, but uh, I would really, I really don't like it as much, you know? Yeah. I'd rather be behind the scenes. Okay, well, I was, just, I was just trying to say, like, if that's something, I mean, I'm encouraging you, man, because you're funny as hell, and you've Appreciate obviously it. got a following on Instagram yeah. and TikTok. So I don't get banned anymore, yeah. Well, but, but with SNL being, I, I just, I'm trying to help you out, man. Sorry. No, I know you're, no, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. A lot of people have asked me why I'm, you know, why I'm not doing certain things. And if I was smart about it, I really would because, uh, you know, a good point of it I make about people is we'll see somebody post some really stupid stuff on the internet yeah. and people are like, why does so many people, why does this have a million likes? It's the dumbest thing ever. And I'm like, well, I agree. It is dumb. It's not funny. It's not interesting. It's not entertaining, but they're smart. Because all they need to do now is in a year when they look back and go, wow, that was really stupid. Change up the routine. Now they have a following and everyone respects you more. You know, you start a job and you're really lazy and you suck. And then a week later, you're working hard. Nobody can pats the guy on the back that's already working hard. They're going to pat the new guy on the back because they've seen that change, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you ever used to watch Logan Paul. I didn't. Uh, uh, I like a lot Logan. of people. We'll see a lot of people um, didn't really like what he was posting, right? Um, and and I, I'm not familiar with it. So when I say I didn't watch it, it's not like I have beef with him. Uh, I don't want to fight you, Logan. But, um, you know, all of a sudden, his content did change. And I could yeah. see that just in clips I watch. And now a lot of people really like Logan, yeah. right? Because they saw that change happen. So if I was smart, I would just say, I don't care what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go and, and get out there. Um, but, you know, I'm a pretty, uh, I don't know, reserved person in that sense. You know, I really like being behind the camera. Yeah. So how well, how good is Vegas for – I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to spitball some ideas, man, because if you I – mean, you seem like a cool guy. Like, it, man, I'm pretty I go cool. to Vegas and, and I see some opportunity, I'll, you know, I'll put some words in or whatever. But I told no. you before that I, I really wish uh, – you know, obviously I put my podcast on hold for various reasons. Um but, uh, you know, I wish you were still in the area. I'd borrow you for comedy sketches all the time. Yeah. You know, I was actually, I, I wrote that. one out one time. I was like, oh, Christian, you'd be perfect for this because, you know, you're, you're obviously a big guy. You're in good shape. I was like, I, that would have been useful for me a few times. So, well, I'm you sorry. know, 
No, it's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, go I, to moved Vegas. To, I moved to another country. When you, oh. go to, when you go to Vegas, I'll just go to Vegas. You should, man. I don't see why not. I got no, I weather. would. I, I think I'm trying to um, kind of find a little team of people that are pretty dedicated because I'd, what I'd really like to do is find two or three other people, probably three, um, that want to do the same thing and hundred percent, let's just go because it's not the things that I want to do. It's just not realistic to think that I can, you know, hold the camera and act, uh, you know what I mean? Um, and the things like, I mean, I could easily sit in my room and do some silly videos or do something and that works. Right. But that's not what I want to do. So, um, yeah, maybe I'll end up in Vegas and then, uh, I can borrow you for something. That'd be great. That'd be cool, man. Yeah. Get an apartment or something, but yeah, hundred yeah, percent. housing, housing in Vegas is, I mean, it's way better than Portland. So, and I got a good connection with my uncle out there. Um, so well, you got family, right? Yeah. So I won't be paying rent for a couple months. So that'll be nice. <laughs> Get to save up a little bit. Yeah, that's incredible. So it's been a little bit of a dry spell down in down in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, Wait, what? It's been like it's been uh, tough to make money down here, even at my job. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't know where you're going with that. I was like, Jesus, your girlfriend's in the room, man. I don't know what you mean by a dry spell. You kind of confused me there. I didn't know where you're going. (laughs) Yeah, I I get you, man. I get you. You know what? What you need to do is uh, you need to get in the stock market, man. I am invested. Oh, you are good. Yeah, Very I smart. I started an Acorns account uh, last year, and that's done pretty decent. Uh, I haven't yeah. touched it or anything, but my uncle's actually my financial advisor, so I'll be living with him. So that'll be Perfect. a lot easier to be bringing in money and be like, "Hey, Jeff, where where should this go?" You know. Yeah. So I recommend I got- that to anybody. A lot of people need to get uh, invested, you know, while while they're at least young. So yeah. It's crazy because we gripe about how these companies are doing terrible things, but then we give them our money. It's like, ah, where's the Oh, we always do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, I hate Jeff Bezos. Let me get in my, uh, yeah, just bought like 30 packages from him last week. I hate that guy though. I I think I, I think I found a way last week to, uh, to, uh, rationalize that. I think you just, you, you, you know, if some jerk comes up and gives you money, you're not going to not take it. You know, it doesn't matter where it's from. You'll still probably even like him. Yeah, probably. So if, if, if you can use a bad person's money for good, why not? Right. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think a lot of people are, uh, are, uh, are, are just jealous. I'm jealous. That's, you know, I don't hate Jeff Bezos, but like I do now because, uh, you know, I didn't before, but since he's so rich, I'm just mad. Cause I'm not that rich, you know? Right. So, and I think that, well I think that's a lot of people's mentality to be honest. Yeah. I think it's sad. I mean, I know his, his ex-wife got 13 billion, but, I would yeah, what's she cool. doing? Jesus, I need to hit her All up. Right. Uh, well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, I think I lost you. Are you there? I'm here. I hear you. I'm in here in spirit. Oh, oh there okay. you are. Uh, no, I just, I, I feel like I would feel like a pretty crummy person if I left somebody that was with me through it all for a younger, hotter model. That would be uh, that, that kind oh, of. He left her? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the circumstances were, but I mean. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't keep up with, you know, the Bezos family. I mean. Oh, man, we're going know. off. We're going off now. Uh, <laughs> you got me talking about politics, religion, everything, man. Fighting. I'm sorry. Jeez. I'm sorry. Yeah, we might as well just make a weekly show out of this. Why not? Uh, sorry, man. I, I should have warned you, dude. I got ADD. I'm talkative and you're talkative and it's just, yeah. you know. 
I, uh, uh, no, he, I, I, he, him and his wife got a divorce. I don't know what the cause was. I'm sure uh, if I were to guess, oh, well, I'm worth a hundred and some billion dollars and I can get hotter chicks. So you don't have to have a, that much money though. You could just have like a couple hundred grand. And you can get a, you can upgrade. Is his wife ugly? Was she? No, she's not ugly, but he got a girl that was 10 years younger and a little bit prettier. Huh? Interesting. I don't even know if you, if you don't believe in marriage while well, you'd even get married, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you're, I think if you're, if you're that rich, you shouldn't, shouldn't be married at all. I mean, realistically, because you're probably going to be unfaithful anyway. They always unless do. You, unless you believe that marriage has something more to do with, you know, the actual connection as opposed to the feelings. But who knows? Or not the no, those, those, the those rich people always, uh, I feel like they're always unfaithful. There's always something going on. Well, and it's funny. It's funny. Uh, I think we'll probably end on this point, but it's funny, you know, when you hear Hollywood and rich people and, and all these, you know, politicians that tell you how to live your life. It's like, dude, you got like eight marriages and 12, you know, kids and three abortions and, uh, <laughs> Three you know, you've, got a, you've got a sex scandal pending. Your your kid uh, is doing some shady Ukraine deals with your permission. Like, what's going on here, man? Why are you telling me how to live my life? Like, <laughs> well, we're talking about you, though. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what they. That's what they always say. Yeah, it's like, hey, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. That's Hollywood for you, though. Yeah. Well, I just it's funny to me. It's like. Um, why am I listening to this? <laughs> you're, you're literally such a boring person. You're paid to be another person. Like, don't tell me how to live my life. Right. Man, this is, a, this is exactly why, you know, uh, unlike you, you know, I don't watch The Bachelor. Um, I don't, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't like feed into a lot of, uh, I really don't even look at social media ever or anything oh, yeah. because I get so tired of all these uh billionaires telling you how to live their life when like you said they've got all this stuff going on behind the scenes not even really behind the scenes pretty yeah. up front right yeah um tell, tell me how to make money not how to be a good person because you've you've done a crummy now if you, uh, you failed at that. how you've acted and say hey I've, i messed up and here's some advice for how not to do what i did then i'll listen to you but if you say hey here's what i did and i look at your life and i'm like okay why would i want that the masquerade is full my friend it always is well, Cordell, I don't really know what we talked about today. I think we went off on a couple topics, but it was a fun I'm podcast, sorry. man. No, you're I'm great. sorry, man. I, I, it's, it's the ADD, man. I just, uh, I, love it. I got I have, carried I, away, dude. I have ADHD. Is there any, uh, well, you got any final thoughts, man? I got to go pack. Um, so, okay. So listen to this. I, so I, so all the rules are changing everything. So my boss, I, I got plane tickets for the second. Did I tell you this? No. So I got plane tickets for the second. My birthday's on the third. And me and my girlfriend are going up to California for a few days to visit my family. And then she's going to come back here. And then I'm going to go uh, back to Portland and then to Vegas. Um, by the way, on my way down, we should grab coffee or something. I'm very, I'm down for it, man. Just get a hold of me and uh, I'm, uh, I'll make sure I'm available. But uh, so, yeah, so my boss calls me today. He's like, hey, man, like, you know, all this stuff with, because you got to get a COVID test and have three days like past the after the 26th or starting the 26th you got to get a COVID test to come back in the country and all this yeah. stuff and it was just gonna be a big pain and and then he's like hey i would probably leave tomorrow if i were you so this is this morning he's like i'd probably leave tomorrow wow. if i were you and i just got my plane ticket for the second because uh they're saying that biden is gonna pass some legend there's rumors that biden's gonna pass some legislation that you like are gonna be forced into a, a hotel room to do a quarantine and all this stuff for how I'm long like, 14 days. And I'm like, well, first of all, force, force me into a hotel room is a good way to get forced into a hospital bed. 
But, uh, but I was like, man, I don't want to deal with that. So me and my girlfriend got plane tickets for tomorrow night and I have to go pack up all my stuff, like everything. Wow. It with it like tonight. So again, with the quick decisions, like I have to leave a country on a day's notice. God, your, your life is, seems like chaotic in a good way though. You're always moving around. I love it. It's fun. That's good though. Yeah. That keeps it fun. Well, hopefully, hopefully I, uh, you know, I, I think Vegas will probably be a permanent spot for me. So, um, I'll be five Good, hours away from my, my immediate family. And then I've got cousins that are one, four and six, um, that I'll be living with my uncle and my aunt. And then everybody goes there for Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff. So it's, I'm always the oddball out. So it's just going to be such a good situation. And plus with fighting and MMA and even podcasting, like Vegas is such a hub. So. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It's a place to be. I've, I've considered moving out there myself. So, um, I think you'll be very, I think it'll be good for you, man. It should be fun, man. Well, so Cordell, what's, uh, what's some hopes, dreams, goals, new year's resolutions. What, uh, some advice, what do you got for the, the fans? Uh, new year's resolution for me or for them? Listen, besides losing weight and being a better person. and cussing <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, it's the same. I thought, I thought we just say the same thing every year that we're going to, you know, lose weight and be a good person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, man, uh, I, I really just, uh, I want people to, um, I don't know, come together a little more. Oh, they probably will now that uh, Biden's president. So, um, and just laugh, man. I want people to laugh. Take my advice and, and go listen to the opposite side a little bit. And then go, go watch some of my videos, you know, and just cheer up. Uh, don't be mad at me if I make fun of um, cops or anything like that. You know, I'm, I, I, I support the police. <laughs> I just, you know. I get a lot of, I will add that I do have a lot of people that are um, pro police that follow me. And I would think that they would be really tough, you know, got a tough skin when it comes to some jokes, but sometimes they get pretty upset at me when I make oh, jokes. Really? So little, yeah. Little Cause that's video. like a majority of my following. I think my biggest videos I did uh, were um, probably making fun of democrats not that i intentionally planned it but those ones just got circulated better and then you so I think the a lot switch of, on them yeah so i think a lot of people assume that like i'm only gonna make fun of but it's the same thing i said before is it like you know you can't do that i'm gonna i'm gonna do both you know play both sides i like it. so people just cheer up be happy live selling, laugh love dude, whatever other quote dude you're selling weapons to both sides man i love it yeah i am you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta play the field man you start a war and then you sell the, the ammunition to both sides. That's how you make money, dude. Yeah, exactly. I'm the Lord of war. I love it. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, Cordell, it was, it was good talking to you, brother. Um, for the first time officially. So yeah. Yep. By the way, I just hit a thousand subscribers on my YouTube channel. So everybody go check that out. It was a big deal for me. It only Hell took yeah. me like 150 years, but uh, it, took, <laughs> it took Noah less time to build the ark, but uh, we, we made it. So we're only going Congrats, to there. my friend. I appreciate it, buddy. But everybody go check out Cordell's stuff. Uh, go check out his page. What's your TikTok? Is it just Cordell Sorensen? Yeah, so uh, you can find my TikTok at Cordell Sorensen and Instagram is also Cordell Sorensen. Um, chances are I'll probably get banned. Uh, I've made four accounts on TikTok. So every time I make progress, I get banned. So Instagram, though, that one's there. So you should start I try to be conservative. Page, yeah. 
Oh, I, I have one. I just don't post on there, you know. Well, that might be a safer – I mean, they, they were the only pro or the only outlet that didn't ban Trump, so that might be a little safer for a, lo- a longer period of time. I probably should, and you're right. Yeah. Okay. Well, dude, it was good talking to you, man. I, I enjoyed it. It was a fun time. Uh, good luck with everything. Let's go grab coffee in the next couple of weeks when I get back up to, to Oregon. Okay, sounds good, man. It was good chatting with you. Have a good rest of your day, and uh, fly safe, man. God bless, brother. Have a good one. You too. Bye.